As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I am your host, Ben Standig. I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic. Uh, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Ben Standig. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, or Spotify, or on the Athletic app for a ad-free experience. Uh, and of course, make sure you subscribe to the Athletic because even though the Washington Commander season is one game away from being over, we have, will have plenty of coverage in the off season. What's the likely quarterback search? Uh, there'll be ownership talk, and of course, the standard free agency and draft. So make sure you are subscribing to the athletic um after this episode just got done chatting with my pal nikki jabala from the washington post we got into a bunch of different topics we we, we put sort of the post-mortem on what just happened last week and and i also we got into for each of us what's the biggest reason why washington has been in this position this year or what was a catalyst to to get to that point uh we also discussed uh, how much the ownership situation, both in terms of Dan Snyder's presence, but also the uncertainty of when or if or when he will sell. I got into that. Also pondered, is this in fact going to be the last game that Dan Snyder owns the Washington Commanders this Sunday against the Cowboys? And then also we, we talked about uh, what possible changes could Ron Rivera make uh, if, if he's back uh, that are of some some note, we talked, of course, a lot about Sam Howe. Should he play? Will he play this this uh, week? And what is his potential role next year? Plus, Deron Payne, Taylor Heineke, and a whole bunch more. So we'll get to that here in a moment on the Standard Room Only podcast. Um, we're, as I said, I'm talking to you on Tuesday. Uh, we, uh, Nikki and I also talked a bunch about, I sh- uh, sorry for, for mentioning, uh, for, about Demar Hamlin, of course, the uh, Buffalo Bills defensive back, who, as you know, as many of you I'm sure have seen by now, uh, collapsed after a big hit yesterday in yesterday's game. Um, we're still at this point waiting for some 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 significant updates, but we did discuss that situation in terms of the emotions, how everybody handled it as reporters. Where did our minds go on this topic? Um, so we got into that as well. Um, I won't add too many other things here uh, because I said Nikki and I got into a bunch, but obviously, um, you know, a lot has been made about Ron Rivera starting Carson Wentz. My article that went up on, uh, or that went up this week about that, I guess it went up today. Time flies by. Um, I got into what Rivera told us about Carson Wentz that he said he had no regrets about starting him. But that ultimately, you know, he hoped for that spark, but it just didn't come. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there saying, what a ridiculous move. How could anybody have thought this would make sense? You know, all I'll say is I understand that frustration. And if the goal, you know, if they had scummed to Taylor Heineke, I would not have said that's a terrible move. You know, I keep making the point that, and look, it's not proven to be accurate, but I keep making the point that, you know, if Carson Wentz is right, if you can get him squared away, 
um, as much with the mental game, I think, as the physical, you know, he's just gives you more options. And when you're going into playoffs against the better teams, that's what you need. And I understand why Ron Rivera went there. I guess on some level, I was talking about somebody with this, somebody yesterday. Would you rather go into the game with Carson Wentz, lose as they did, but if it works out, maybe, maybe, maybe you have a quarterback for next year and you don't have to go back and search? Or would you rather go with Taylor Heineke, make the playoffs, likely lose the first game just based on seeding, and then you still not have a quarterback? I, I, I feel like that's ultimately where Rivera, Rivera cited, and I think he went, obviously he went the way that he went. Um, as far as this game goes, Nikki and I did discuss it, but I reported today today that even though Ron Rivera said he is playing to win, the team is playing to win against Dallas, My while that sounds like you're going to the vets or staying with the vets, my understanding is that they they will, in fact, lean into evaluating some players. Now, I don't know if that means Sam Howell. I would logically think it would mean guys like Chris Paul. Uh, the, uh, the, the seventh round pick, they, uh, the offensive lineman they took in the seventh round who has not been active this year. He's been on the 53, but not active on game days. Cole Turner. Obviously, we had a lot of expectations for Cole Turner coming into the year. Injuries got the best of him and he hasn't had, uh, a much of an impact. Maybe this is a game to, 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 to give him more reps with the starters, uh, and, and let Logan Thomas, uh, sit a little bit. What about Percy Butler, right? Percy Butler playing at safety. You know, I, I would think that Cam Curl doesn't play this week if he's missed the last two. So you maybe make a point of getting Butler in there. And then, you know, there's other guys. Maybe they bring Armani Rogers um, off IR uh, to, to play this week. It sounded like we were, you know, he, he's obviously in the practice window time. So maybe that's a thing to do. Um, and then, you know, there's some guys on the practice squad. Kyron McGowan, wide receivers, a couple of offensive linemen. You know, that's the type of thing maybe you could look at as well. None of that necessarily moves the needle, I grant you. But, you know, whether it's for depth or starting roles, you need to have a good feel for what you have. And, um, you know, we'll see. Um, l- last thing I'll just say before I get to the interview, I have not I, I, I haven't heard of anything specific, but I will remind everybody that the last couple of years, this week, meaning going into the last game, Washington re-signed Chase Ruye, and then last year re-signed Charles Leno two extensions because they were both going into the into heading towards free agency you know the one person i would sort of look at and say this would be that type of candidate is cole holcomb but obviously he's missed roughly half the year with this foot injury and i don't know what this does for his future they still have questions at linebacker obviously beyond you know even if we just pencil jamin davis in what else are they doing so keeping cole holcomb um would, would eliminate that and i would imagine the price is not going to be particularly high because of the fact that he missed half the year. So uh, I'm not reporting that about Cole Holcomb. I'm just reminding everyone that la- the last um, couple of years, this was the time they signed one veteran right before the season ended, essentially. We'll see if that happens again. Um, all right, let's get to it. Really, really fun chat with Nikki. Got into a bunch of topics. Let's get to that right now here on the Standard Room Only podcast. All right, as promised, joining me here on the podcast, she is clearly going to give us a spark for this episode of yikes. the, uh, <laughs> the yikes. podcast. I, I wasn't even yikes. <laughs> no, you, 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 that's not that's not your that's not going to be your role. Uh, Nikki Jabvala with the Washington Post. That you're, you're not going to do that. No, I think there are like a few words that I like have PTSD over after these last few years. One is culture. I think people people have seen I've tweeted about it. I just no, don't ever no more no more culture talk. Spark might be another one. What else? There are there are at least a few others, but those are that's a that's a good one too right there. No, that that's a good one. Well, well, how about instead of providing a spark, would you like to be nominated for Speaker of the House? <laughs> Yikes! Maybe I should have stuck with Spark. Yeah, at the moment we're talking. There's no Speaker of the House, which is interesting. When 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 the, when the CNN people are having to talk about something that happened in like 1830 something, the, the last time something happened, you're like, wow, okay, this yeah, is, uh, this is interesting. What do you think will happen first? They get a Speaker of the House, or the Commanders get a quarterback? I t- I, I I tweeted that earlier, and somebody sent me a DM. Not happy about that. Um, oh, yeah. You know. I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, there's no politics in sports, Ben. 
Well, Except put, there's a ton of politics and sports. Let's put it but, this way. Assuming that Rivera would tell us tomorrow, he would tell us around 1.30. I'm going to say, well, okay. Now, I don't know if he's going to tell us anything. So I'll say I'll You're say assuming it doesn't leak at 8 a.m. I I am assuming that. I, I feel like, you know, I don't know. I feel like this one is We'll like, see who gets first team reps. So it has to leak at 8 a.m. by a certain reporter. Sure. But... You know, it could be all kinds of things. It could be they could like you know split reps. They you know they could have different people you know go in different sure. orders. You know, yeah, be, be all, for us, yeah, right, exactly. Um, all right. Well, we'll get to uh, the quarterback stuff. It, we're talking on Tuesday night, so it's two days since the Commanders have been eliminated from the playoffs. And I gotta say, like, I was aware that they could be eliminated, but I really, I, you know, it really is still kind of stunning that. Not that they didn't make the playoffs, but that it's already there's a one week to go and they're already out. Like I really yeah. wasn't anticipating yeah. that happening. I mean that that last weekend just was like an emotional roller coaster, I would imagine, for fans. Like you you go in with such hope, you know, like maybe once is better. If we win this, we're that much closer to the playoffs. Like there's hope, despite, you know, the the previous three weeks. And then for it to just come crashing down and everything end. It's not even like, oh, our, your playoff chances are minimal. It's, no, you're done. It's out. Over. Game over. Yeah, it was a, it was a little jarring. Jeez, I mean, way to ruin Major Tutty's debut. God. I can't remember if I talked about this on the on um, the post-game podcast I did with, with, with uh, Michael Phillips, but the, you know, we talk so much about what goes wrong with this place. And I know that picking the, you know, announcing the mascot is hardly an important topic, but who, who decided to do it the next to last game of the year? And then this week they're retiring Sonny Jurgens' number. Like, I don't care what it is. You could not be a worse week. You shouldn't be doing any of those kinds of things other than maybe like a a Ryan Kerrigan's retiring or something. And you want to have the ceremony other than like something like that. It should all be done before Thanksgiving. Because you never know how a season's going to go. You might already be out of it by Thanksgiving, but at least in theory, there's it, the season's still right. going. Right. And to to have it now after like the worst loss of the last three years is it's not not ideal. Not great. Not great. Uh, not, not not great. Now, when we spoke to Ron Rivera on Monday, it was obviously Monday afternoon, and of course Monday night, you know the the NFL experienced something it has not experienced in years, and really probably not at all in the modern era. And that is of course seeing DeMar Hamlin um, collapse on the field during the Monday night game. And and then having to see uh, paramedics react to him. That wasn't shown on TV, but we saw the reaction from the players as they're having to resuscitate him. And at this moment, we're still waiting to hear for some, uh, some better for some updates on this. Hopefully he'll he'll be okay. I I do wonder though, in the, in general for this league, we know there's going to be some kind of an emphasis on the big, the Bengals, and the Bills players, because they were right there. And, you know, mentally, especially the Bills teammates, that you know, they've all got to be a wreck, and they're still going to play a game this weekend, I assume. But the rest of the players in the league, mm-hmm. like, I, obviously this is terrible on 100 levels. But, like, I wonder if on some level for the Washington players, they're coming off this terrible loss. Does maybe, like, does, does A, this help put into perspective that the losing is not that big of a deal? And B, do some guys, not necessarily Washington, any team, do some guys get a little hesitant to go play again because of the fact that they just witnessed one of their own, you know, deal with mortality? I I would think, I would hope this provides perspective for everybody, not just football players. Um, You know, this is, it's, we're talking about a human being, like he's a 24-year-old guy who, well-respected, it seems, you know, has done a lot for the community. A young guy who is, you know, last we heard in, in critical condition in ICU in Cincinnati. Like, it's it's not even about football anymore. I think that the one thing in all this that has really stuck with me was something Lisa Salter said on the broadcast. And she was, like, choking up as saying it last night and you know, it's like we become accustomed to seeing these guys get hurt, stay down for a while, eventually get up, give the thumbs up if they're carted off. 
we become accustomed to head injuries and really gruesome injuries. So you see something like this. He doesn't get up. He doesn't give the thumbs up. You're waiting. He's you're hoping, but he he doesn't. They're giving him CPR on the field for quite a while, rushing him off by ambulance. And there's it's he's still not out of the woods. We don't know. And I think all of that is incredibly it's heartbreaking and it's it's jarring and it puts a lot into perspective. I mean, you know, we watch this sport for a long time and I, I mean, I, I'm guilty of it too. Like you, you see injuries and you hate to see it for guys on a personal level, professional level, but you know, this is when you see something like this and to see the reactions of all the players on the field in total shock, they know it's, it's different. Like every injury sucks. This is life threatening. This is different. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's hard to watch, but yeah, it, it puts everything in perspective. Any, I feel like anytime you get that closer, there's ever a question where somebody's life is in danger. It, it, it changes the way you think immediately and it should, if it doesn't, then there's something deeply wrong. I feel like. Yeah. And, um, you know, to your point about we've become used to some of these things, I know for me personally, there was a point before I started covering the, an NFL team full time. Like I was struggling with the idea of the concussions and knowing that the 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 pain that these players are going through um, to do this thing for entertainment purposes. I've also come to accept that they they at this point largely recognize the um, the, the the potential perils of of, of the, you know their health if they keep keep doing this. But to your point, I was not watching the game live. I saw on Twitter at some point that I, I recognized the you know people were saying there's the you know the, the trainers are out of the field, players are kneeling, and because I'm so used to it, like you said, I didn't immediately go turn to the channel. I just stayed with what I was doing because okay, I, well, you know, something mm-hmm. we see this happen, and it wasn't until honestly you tweet you texted uh, in a thread that we're on about that this is horrifying, and I'm like horrifying. What okay, what is happening here? And then I went and turned it on and just the tone across the board it was it was really hard to figure out at first like what was happening and then it really didn't sink in for me until like they went to the Susie Colbert set with her and Adam Schefter and Booger McFarland and like you know these people are we we're used to seeing them all the time they don't miss a beat that you know they're they're, they're 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 trying to be entertaining and like I mean they were all just beyond you know miserable and sad and 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 you understand why and um yeah, I thought they did a really good job too. I thought ESPN as a whole handled it incredibly well. You know, they didn't they didn't replay the injury over and over again like so many networks often do, which baffles me. Um, you know, they really got a good pulse on what the atmosphere was like. Um, you know, I thought Lisa Salters was wonderful on the sideline. I can't imagine how difficult that must have been. Um, you know, bringing in the beat reporters, you know, on the scene in Cincinnati. Um, I, I thought, and, and, and to have a wonderful to and of all the analysts to have, you happen to have Ryan Clark who right, exactly. had literally gone through a right, you know, his own trauma um, right. at, at at a game um, was was incredible. Yeah, Van Pelt was great. I, I think Van Pelt. I said this to somebody yesterday. I think Van Pelt is better at his job than anybody else in the media is at I their agree. job, and 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 that's just doing the basic stuff. You know, having fun with bad beats and win, winners right. and losers, let alone he's got to compose interviews and they don't have much information to go on. Um, but but it will be interesting to see, I think this thing in general across the league, how do players respond to this? Because yeah. this is the one sport. Yeah. I'm not saying the other sports, you can't come in completely, you can't come in unfocused. But in this one, the, the, because of a, a situation like this, I don't mean the – the, the this truly scary aspect, but if he took a big hit, you got to be aware of what's happening. You got to be in this, or you're going to get hit, and you know injuries can can occur. So um, it's going to be interesting, I think, to see what the reaction across the league is from players. Right. No, and I think you know I, I, as they were, I'm still not quite clear on what did or did not happen about those five minutes of the officials tell them they had five minutes and they had to be back out there. And then it was McDermott and Zach Taylor who were like, no, screw this. We're not, we, we cannot play, but either way it would not have been physically safe for anybody to be back on the field. You saw the mindset of those guys on the field. They were 
shell shocked. They you can't play a violence sport with that kind of mindset. You're you're just gonna it's gonna create more injuries. And and to your point about you know how how will players across the league react? Uh, that's a little bit of my fear. If that's in the back of their mind, you know, will it lead to more injuries? And gosh, you sure hope not. Um, but I I do hope the league really takes the precautions it feels are necessary to avoid that. I mean, they're not going to resume this game this week. They may not resume it at all. They have not. They've left the door open for further change to to this week, but so far nothing has changed. Um, but I, I really just hope the well-being of all players are are really, really taken into account because this is, is it, it was a tough, it still is a, a tough time in the league. And I think anybody who's, who really witnessed it. I mean, something like that is, is incredibly jarring. I mean, I still replay the image in my mind and it's just of just seeing him get up and then collapse. And it's just stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, for the, for those of us of a certain age, you remember the, the Hank gathers video and, you know, there's been some other over the years like this and it's, it, you know, obviously it's, it's incredibly tough, tough, tough to watch. Um, Before we move back to the commanders, let me just ask you this. So at, at some point while this was all happening, and probably around the point that they went back to Susie Culver and that group for the third or fourth time. And, you know, they, they're just trying to get through the segment, which of course we all get it. They have no information. They can't show highlights of anything. You know, what are they going to mm-hmm. do? So I, I start thinking about, and then I think maybe it was around the point that they did bring in the beat writers because I started thinking to myself, wow, what would I be doing if this was here? How would I re- re- react to this? And, you know, uh, that's why I think, you know, for people in the media, I think we were all giving the ESPN folks a, 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 a lot of praise worthy but because like you start to put yourself in the position of wow what what would i how would i respond to this am i gonna you know rise to the moment are you gonna stay focused on what it is or the emotions gonna get to you do you know how to how to how to deal with this be sensitive be responsible um i i I just think i don't know it just it it put me in that mindset i'm just curious i don't know if you've dealt with anything remotely like this before but um it it was interesting not interesting but like you know I was like trying to figure out like, wow, what would, how would the, cause that's the thing. It's not just, obviously we're worried about him, but it's everybody mm-hmm. who was affected. The, 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 the players on the field, the fans in the stands, the, the Joe Buck, Trey, but everybody who's watching this fans mm-hmm. of the league, everybody is like reacting and we have a specific job that connects mm-hmm. to this. And, you know, all plus like, you know, we know the players. It isn't right. just a number nine, you know, whatever the, the Jersey number is like, we actually know these people. And that, that I, 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 I Hopefully I'll never have to deal with it, but I right. was thinking about that last night. Yeah. And, and Coley Harvey and, and Ben baby with ESPN. Um, ben covers the Bengals now for, for ESPN. Coley Harvey used to, and is now like a, a general assignment reporter for them. Both I thought were phenomenal. Um, you know, their, their day started by, you know, we're, we're going to cover a game, a pretty important game, probably a really exciting game with Josh Allen and, and Joe Burrow. And it turns incredibly tragic. Um, and the way they transitioned, I thought was was really good. I mean, both were on the scene at um, University of Cincinnati Medical Center, and you know, I, I, I thought they both provided really good information. But they also they also brought some humanity to the situation. I mean, Coley Harvey, you could see him; he was tearing up after um, interacting with Stefan Diggs, who who showed up, and I, I just thought it was. Um, I thought ESPN got the right tone. They got the information out there and it's just, it, it's a very difficult thing to cover and to um, report and they did a solid job with it. And, you know, I just, I, more than anything, I just hope that DeMar Hamlin is okay. I, you know, my heart kind of breaks for his family right now. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, if uh, something happens, if we get on the update while we're talking, we'll, we'll put that in, but you'll have already heard that. So why? what's the point of that? All right. Anyway, there's no easy transition to go from that to football, but we're going to keep talking about football. I'm going to put in my, uh, our commercial break here, but when I right after the break, uh, we're going to do a quick thoughts of like what went wrong this season, and is this in fact going to be the last game with Dan Snyder as owner? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's talk about the, the, the commanders. Let's talk about this season. There'll be plenty of time in the offseason to really break it down, but we're here. And, uh, you know, who knows what will be happening you know next week you know typically after seasons when if if moves are going to happen then they kind of go pretty quickly i you know we can get to what we're expecting but but i guess before that for you there are so many variables that happen and i in in a season you could point to you know so many different games if this play goes a different way you win or you lose or what or whatever um there's there's trades there's free agents there's coaching decisions whatever it may be um, maybe Carson Wentz is too obvious, but I'll let you pick whatever you want. What, what for you is like the biggest factor or a, a factor for you that just sticks out as to why this team is here again, not going to the playoffs, not going to have a third straight non-winning season, at least mm-hmm. under Ron Rivera. What was the, what for you kind of just stands out as to why they get, why they're here? Um, their quarterback. I mean, I know Ron took a lot of heat for that in season, um, but it's, it's true. Um, they don't, they don't have that, the quarterback that can lead them. And I thought, I thought Taylor Heineke did a really nice job. Um, you know, there are certainly things he, he could have done better, but you think about what he accomplished in turning, helping to turn around that one and four start, um, and putting them in prime playoff position. Um, you know, I just don't think the team views him as a, a viable long-term starter in the league. I think he's a very fine backup. And I really, I've said this on this podcast that I, I really do think they should make a, a concerted effort soon to re-sign him and not let him hit the open market because it's, you know, the starting quarterback is the most important position on the field. The backup quarterback is the second most in my mind. Um but they don't have that consistent guy and they've yet to build an offense around a consistent guy. It changes with everybody they put in. Um, you know, I, I think the second factor possibly is, you know, do, do they have the right system? Do they have, are they calling the right plays or, you know, in Ron's words, are they putting them in the position to succeed? Um, you know, they, they've dealt with a lot of injuries, but so has every other team. Um they have a ton of playmakers. And as Logan Thomas said, after that loss last weekend, they should not be scoring only 10 points with the talent they have. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, look, the quarterback thing is obvious, by the way, you mentioned what Ron said during midway through the season when he made the, uh, it was about like, basically like what's, what's the issue. And he said, what's the, what's the difference between them and the rest of the NFC East right, right. when they were losing. Yeah. And it's just one word answer was quarterback and everybody was immediately like, Oh, Here's another guy throwing Carson Wentz under the bus. That clearly was not what he was doing. If you didn't know it in the moment, because he did, he wouldn't have brought the guy back. I mean, the lineup in a game you can need to win if you right. were that down on him. Um, that said, I mean, you're right. It's it's it it is the quarterback. I will say this though, like it's not even for me specifically what Carson Wentz did or didn't do. Mm-hmm. It's that from the moment last season ended, Ron Rivera telegraphed that they were going to get a quarterback and not just get a quarterback, go get somebody of substance, somebody substantial. And he that was being telegraphed all over the place. Right. And I think when you did that, you could not come back with Taylor Heineke or Mitch Trubisky. Like it had to be something of, of note. And they, you know, you could have drafted a quarterback. They, you know, high the draft, they chose to not draft Kenny Pickett. Um, but I think I think Rivera kind of boxed himself in because once you got to the point where it was Carson Wentz, and this is not Monday morning quarterbacking. I did not like trading two day two picks plus taking on all the money. Mm-hmm. It seemed like you were paying sticker price when he clearly was at a discount. I, I just feel like he kind of almost Rivera almost felt like he had to do it because of all the talk. He couldn't just come back with, uh, you know, r- random starter and go from there. Yeah. No, and I, I, I think all the talk in the offseason, I think it hurt him more than anything else because it created unrealistic expectations. Because the reality was he was never going to get a big-name quarterback, even if he had gotten Russell Wilson and, who maybe dodged a bullet there. Um, you know, that it, he, he, it wasn't going to get figured out this offseason. 
Think about the draft class. I mean, and look at the way the draft class is playing now. I mean, look at the the quarterbacks that have moved around. It, it wasn't going to happen. They weren't willing to give up that capital that much. They made clear from the outset. So he was never going to meet the expectations he created. Um, so I, I, I mean, that hurt him more than anybody else. I, I think for anybody watching, it was very clear that you know it was it was always going to be a second tier at best. You just hope they didn't overspend and. They they kind of did. I mean, they giving up the draft picks, yeah, but at least they don't have anything on the books for next season. Um, that's a one thing I'll give them. And you know, I always felt if they really believed in in Wentz, that they would have moved the run, the money around to add more to their roster this past off season, especially on the line. And they didn't. In hindsight, I think that's a very good thing. Well, I was going to say, as bad as people look at the Wentz deal here. Russell Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz. I could make the argument that as bad as Wentz did, that the Commanders came out best of the three teams. I mean, Matt Ryan still has like thirty something million on the books next year. Russell Wilson's deal, I mean, it goes out forever. They can't possibly get rid of him. At least Wentz, it is a one and done. If they want it to be, they can just dump him. No more guaranteed money. Right. They lose the picks, but he already lost one already. So, you know, right. So oddly enough, they. T- they did the best of those big, of those big trades. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's and and this year isn't going to be much better. You know, it's it's hard to get a quarterback. It's hard to get a franchise quarterback. It's hard to replace one. I mean, look at Indianapolis. Look at Denver. Look at look at all these teams that are are trying to replace their franchise quarterback. And I feel like the entire league still is trying to find their Patrick Mahomes, and that is that has hurt so many teams, Washington included, by by chasing this fantasy really You're, there's only one pat mahomes um you, you got to make it work with the second tier guys um you know i look at i look at the raiders like it, Derek carr's a fine quarterback he's not great he's not elite if you you should be able to make it work though and, and build around him and then they just collapse and now that that's kind of kind of a, a mess um but, you know, they don't – Washington does not have good options this offseason. I think they're kind of up against the wall. You know, they're they're middle of the pack in the draft order. Um, you know, they their ownership uncertainty. How are they – are they going to have the leeway they need to, to, to really go out and get somebody? And who actually is going to be out there? I mean, you, there are not elite free agent quarterbacks that come available. I think – if you consider Kirk Cousins close to elite, he was like the last one that became a free agent, really. Right. By the way, you haven't lived until you're doing a Zoom with Nikki when she's clearly getting a lot of messages, and you can see she's looking to see is this the one I have to go like <laughs> run out of the room on? Is this the? Uh, is this the? the I tried the to like. I tried to silence it all. No, oh. it's, no, no. Look, it's good. Um, right. Yeah, don't mind me if I just put out some crazy breaking news. Well, I'm, I would, I would, I would mind. Just give me, at least give me a heads up, so I'm not like sitting here going, "Wait, what the hell just happened?" Um, you mentioned the ownership deal. Mm-hmm. Look, there's no way to argue. Like, part of the the problem that Washington has had is, even if Ron Rivera was willing to give up the farm for Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers if, or whatever, they weren't coming here because of the whole ownership situation and the chaos that goes around this team, and that will still be. A, an issue for Rivera until Dan Snyder sells. And as we think, if the, if the sale is going to go through, it's not going to happen probably until during free agency, or maybe even after the draft, depending on how quickly something goes. And I know you wrote about that this week about how this can be uh, another variable for them. And I do think it has to be for any, even if it's a Derek Carr, like if he has options, why would you want to come here? Um, assuming that the money is all you know, relatively the same. So to that end, I guess, just what what do you what's your take on the uh, on the on the ownership aspect? Not just the Dan Snyder negative, but like there could be another owner. Maybe it comes sooner. Maybe it comes later. Is Ron still in charge until anything happens? Like what what's your how do you think that's all going to play out? Yeah, I think I think a lot of that is unclear right now. I mean. You know, I, I maybe it helps that Ron has been through this before in 2017 with the Panthers. Um, he really has, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I also think the timing helps him tremendously. I think it, you know, buys him another year because somebody's got to be around to make the decisions, and he's the lead de- decision maker on football operations. Um, 
I would, I would guess he's got, you know, some free reign to, to, to make the product better. If you're going to sell it, you want to get the best value, but you can't do too much to where, you know, the next owner is like, no, I'm not starting over. You know, I want, I want something in place, especially, you know, if, if, I would think the soonest anything could come to fruition officially would be March. There's owners meetings in March and owners could approve it, but that's moving pretty quickly. Otherwise it would be later. And, you know, you you can't make a coaching hire in March, April, May, you know, or even the summer, you got to have your team in place. Um, So I got to think he has some leeway to, to do what he feels is necessary as, you know, uh, the one that worries me more than the coaching is, is free agency. Will he have, the means to to make the moves that you know this this group sees as fit because they got a lot of work to do. I mean, they got a lot of good young pieces, but they got a lot of missing pieces too. Right. I mean, I guess the, right. There is that question. Like, there's been constant buzz about how liquid is Dan Snyder these days because he had bought out all his partners, and you know, e- even beyond the um, you know, you point this out all the time uh, the, that he's got this debt he's got to pay off, and and so on, and thus could he potentially be like, you know what? I'm I'm selling this thing in a little bit. I don't need to take on a seventy million dollar contract for some uh, tackle or or, or 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 whatever. Um, that is that is something to um to 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 wonder. All right, but I, I won't put you on the spot and ask if it was a normal ownership situation. Would Ron be in trouble? I, I won't ask you that. I'll, I'll be nice. But <laughs> I would think on some level. Rivera can't come back with the same deal. I don't mean the quarterback. I just mean mm-hmm. the whole deal. The 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 staff, his thinking, who's doing like something has got to change. If you could give the recommendation, the thing that that would that you would recommend to make a change or at least a, an area to really look at. What would you go with? Mm. I don't like being the one to call for anybody to get fired. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll, that role. Um, fair enough. I'll, I, think, I'll, I think you gotta. I think you gotta examine. I think you gotta examine everything. Like, does is this scheme the right scheme offensively? You know, is the, is the defense living up to expectations? Are players developing at the rate you want? Are there position groups that are lagging? Um, you know, I I think when you lose the way they lost this year, and completely are out of it, I I think everybody should be concerned about their job. And I think everybody is fair game to get replaced. Um, you know, the, the one that many are probably looking at right now is Scott Turner, you know, and I, again, I don't like, I'm not looking for anybody to get fired. I don't want anybody to lose their job. That's not, that's not my role really just report, but it's, you know, I think it's all fair that, you know, when you lose something, you lose the way they did that everything's in play. Um, right. I mean, at, at, at a minimum, even though if we all fully acknowledge that Scott Turner has not had a legit starting quarterback with two healthy legs the whole time he's been here. Right. I mean, the two yeah. best quarterbacks he's had, essentially, Alex Smith coming off the injury and Taylor Heineke, who didn't start either of the seasons in which he played a lot of the games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. But but to that end. The offense still has been not particularly consistent or productive for the most part right. during that stretch. And yeah, at some point you do have to ask the question as to where it's going. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, that would be the one. Again, I'm not like you, I'm not saying it needs to happen, but like if something as dramatic is going to change beyond players, I, I don't know. It feels like that could be the only other thing could be some sort of front office shake up but me and maybe even to the point of saying Rivera saying somebody else should make final says but I I I would people generally when they get power don't give it up so I don't see that happening yeah yeah I mean it's I mean here's the thing you got to consider too is especially with the sale is you know Scott just got a a three-year extension you know Mm -hmm. it's it's not a ton of money that we're considering is it's not like your franchise player we're talking gobs of millions of dollars and you know, it, it's fully guaranteed and you're letting them go. But yeah, coaches' contracts are guaranteed. And, you know, if you redo the whole set, that's a lot of money that just becomes debt. And, you know, it's a, it's a complete rebuild. And how does that look to a prospective buyer? You know, how much do the Snyders want to take on if they truly are selling? There's a lot more to consider than just rebuilding, which in and of itself is, you know, a lot to deal with there you know 
Gotcha. Uh, by the way, speaking of the Snyder's, we can just tell people to go read your story. The, that the Snyder's listed England as their residence on some form. Mm-hmm. Do, do we? Let me explain. Well, no, I, I guess I'm just saying, like, do we need to talk about this at all in the context of him selling? If we don't, then just go read Nikki's article she wrote with uh, her colleagues at the Post. But is there anything about that that has anything to do with that maybe he would or wouldn't sell the team because he's now, I don't know if he's actually going to be living in England or what's going on there, but does that change any of the dynamics there, do you think? Um, I, I think, I think the optics say quite a bit, you know, this is somebody who's always incredibly hands-on with the operations of the team. Um, and now if he's listing England as his primary residence, essentially, um, it kind of shows you where things are at. So, you know, it could, it, it kind of indicates his role within the franchise and maybe maybe that they're they're not just stepping away but leaving the area entirely once the sale does go through um i just i i thought i found this document yesterday and i you know i think many people have heard the rumors that which are rumors that you know he's gotten up and and he's moving to to london um we just I found this document, um, which was a uh, title for an incorporation for um, a limited shares company in in the UK, and it says his his primary residence or his usual residence is England. So take that for what it's worth. Well, you know, maybe this means they'll go play a game in London next year. Maybe he'll get the uh, London expansion team whenever that happens. Who's to say? Yes. Um, all right, let's get to Sunday uh, before I get accused of uh, holding you hostage here. Uh, at the moment we're talking, we don't know what their quarterback plan would be. Mm-hmm. My my plan, if asked, would be either to just flat out start Sam Howell or since Dallas does have something to play for and maybe you don't want to throw Sam Howell out there just off the bat because Dallas has got really good defense and you don't want to throw him to the Wolves a little bit, maybe start Heineke. That I would not. I think Carson Wentz to me, he sh- he's should be an active. I just I wouldn't want to subject him to another round of of, of yeah, doing like that. Yeah, yeah. What's the point? Um, right. it, so it's, it's, you know, yeah, I agree with you. It's either start Sam Howell and let him play the entirety, or or start Taylor and you know, like in the, at switch at halftime and see what the kid can do. To that end, whatever Hal does, good or bad, people will make sweeping judgments as to whatever this means i don't think almost anything negative will affect me if he goes out there though and it looks pretty good not saying to be the starter next year but i think that would be a good sign because dallas is does have something to play for um but i people should just like temporary expectations across the board be fun to see him but i mean you know he they're not going to say he's their starter if he goes out and throws two touchdowns and beats dallas correct i mean even if he has an incredible you know single half of play I think that's great for his confidence. I think that gives a lot of hope for the franchise, especially as they're going through all this kind of turmoil. Um, but it, it does not necessarily mean that he's the guy or he's the franchise player. I mean, I, you know, I think what Taylor has accomplished again, you know, is, is really great for who he is and what he can be in the league, but you know, his performance against Tampa Bay in that now infamous playoff game did not mean he could be a long-term starter. I mean, it's kind of the same in my mind. The hope is that Sam Howell certainly could be a long-term starter, but I don't think you can judge that off a single half or however much he plays, if he plays. You are, as a, as a famous North Carolina alum, you know, you can be a little pessimistic about your football team. Are you hopeful, you optimistic that uh, one of your own is actually going to turn into a viable NFL quarterback? Believe it or not, North Carolina has had some pretty good football players. Um but like I'm not like more into it or less into it because of the North Carolina angle. I mean, and I respect the kid because he chose a very fine institution to, you know, to receive his advanced education. Um, I think any wise individual would do the same. Um especially if you can get but, other people to help take tests. I'm sorry, what? No. What they don't they don't do that? They didn't do that at your school? Oh. Um Well, well I wouldn't I was too far down uh, in the totem pole. Nobody was helping me. Well, you don't need to do that anymore. You get the NIL deal. Shoot. But um <laughs> can you get NIL deals for just regular students? Um That's a good question. Does like the does like the guy who's like the valedictorian 
in, in yeah. even like you know biochem does he yeah. get does he get something yeah novartis is coming after him or something yeah <laughs> i could totally see it that would it be, should uh, be yeah that would be kind of amazing to be honest um all right so a lot of the potential about sam howell this week 2023 is he the starter is he the number two is he the number three or is he not even on the team uh sam howell i think he's definitely on the team um i i would think they'd want i don't know what they'd want well, I mean, hypothetically, yeah. like, they, what if they draft a quarterback in the first round, keep Taylor or somebody, you know. If you, I, if you draft a quarterback in the first round, you don't have a veteran behind him, that kid's starting. You know, it's a first-rounder versus a fifth-rounder. In my mind, you don't you don't invest that kind of money if he's not going to play immediately, just theoretically. Um, but, you know, again, their options aren't great. If they trade for another guy, if, if they try to move up in the draft and get a higher guy in the draft, then that – that kid's starting in my mind. So I think say I could see Sam Howell as a backup. I could see Taylor Heineke as a backup. Um, We'll see. I feel like you can never have enough quarterbacks. They don't have one. So it's not really a factor. All right. I I will give an actual answer as opposed to what you just did. Great. (laughs) Just kidding. All right. I'm going to say he's the number two because I think that, Ultimately, Ron Rivera can't have – if he's still here and he's hoping for his job, he can't have a fourth losing season. And if you go with a first-round pick, you're likely setting yourself up for a rookie season. I know Kenny Pickett may avoid that, but in general, that's often what happens. I don't think he can afford it, so I still assume they go get a vet. And this leads to my next question is about who who is this the last game for with Washington? Taylor Heineke, I am saying – this will be Taylor Heineke's last game. That's just a bold prediction. I don't, there's no, it's no information. I, I just think on some level they have to, what, having Taylor Heineke as, as important as he's been, it's like every time the, whoever the other quarterback is, is throws a pick, people are going to be claim, calling for him. And I do think if they go get a vet, they need to, ha- you know, then I don't know if Taylor Heineke is, that they, they, they keep him around. So I'm saying this is Heineke's last game. And then that's why, uh, Hal is number two. Wow. Hot take Tuesday, huh? This is uh, what yeah. I do. Are you, wait, you, think, you think he's back? I don't know. I could see that. That could kind of make sense, but you got to have some serious confidence in Sam Howell. Otherwise, you let go of a experienced backup, and that's valuable. I mean, Taylor, if anything, proved he can step in and win games. And that's that's – and he's he's well-liked by teammates. I mean, that's that's really all you want in a backup. Um, and I, I mean, I would keep him around until you're sure about Sam Howell. Um, again, I don't think you can have, I don't think you can have too many quarterbacks. Um, so, I mean, I, if they draft, yeah, if, they draft a, if they draft a quarterback in the first round, I could see keeping Heineke, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Deron Payne, is this his last game? As a no, I think you franchise him. Okay. We have a, um, we have a Demar Hamlin update from Cameron Wolf of NFL Network, who just spoke with Dorian Glenn, Demar Hamlin's uncle. He said his nephew is on a ventilator, but he's improved to fifty percent oxygen needed after being at a hundred percent. He's still sedated, but the main focus is recovering to breathe on his own and healing his lungs. Yeah, I I did see while we were talking that CNN said they spoke to the family, and apparently. I don't think I saw this before that he had to be resuscitated twice once on the field and then once at the hospital. Yeah. Um, all right. Last thing. And then I'll let you go. You, you, okay. You just gave me the quick answer. You think pain will be back on the tag. Is this, this is the only question really anybody cares about is Sunday. The last game for the Washington commanders with Dan Snyder as owner of the team. Great question. I don't know. Yes, maybe. I you mean, never know. It was, again, these are bold predictions. I mean, unless you have specific information. I mean, the whole point of the Dan Snyder thing is he, you know, he, he can change his mind at a moment's notice. He can get, uh, you know, in his feelings, so to speak, when people are criticizing him. But he's been. It feels like to me they've been pretty quiet on this topic, and the more yeah. you know. Just it just feels like it's heading in that direction. So I will say that this Sunday, 
before 75% of the stands being Dallas Cowboy fans that it will be the last game for Dan Snyder. Will bold, he that's a bold prediction. What's that? Will he be at the game? Uh, I mean, apparently he's, uh, you know, checking out Buckingham Palace to see if he can move in. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Nikki, fantastic job as always. At Nikki Javala on Twitter, J-H-A-B-V-A-L-A. Go read her at the Washington Post. And uh, boy, what a year it's been. What it's a been year something. Is- it's been something. Crazy. Crazy times. Well, you, you you know, I I live here. I had no choice. You you chose to come here and cover this <laughs> team. So I don't have to tell you. I love covering this team. There you go. All right. Thanks for it. having me on. Sorry about all the buzzing with my phone. I hope it didn't create too much anxiety. No, it offered me a chance to make fun of uh, you for doing that. It's all good. Yeah. All cool. right. See you. All right. Uh, many thanks to Nikki for her time. Uh, of course, uh, one last thing I forgot to mention. Uh, and that is that uh, Daniel Wise, who Washington released last week, is signing with the Chiefs practice squad. I reported that today. Um, you know, Washington released Wise to open up roster spots elsewhere, but ultimately they really just decided to give Daniel David Bada, I should say, a shot and 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 move that Wise. I I kind of like Daniel Wise, but obviously, you know. Even if Deron Payne were to leave, which I, I, I don't know if I answered that question in there, but I, I would say he, he he won't probably on the tag, but we'll see about that. Um, you still have Ridgeway, you get Fideri and Mathis back, so not a, not a you know, not a position where they're particularly thin at, but nonetheless, Daniel Wise had been here and uh, you know thought he did some good things. Now he's hell of a shot at chasing the Super Bowl, so. Anyway, that is it for this episode of the Standard Group Only Podcast. Definitely appreciate everybody, as always, for checking us out. Until next time, see ya.